Leviticus chapter 11, these are God's words. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying to them, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, These are the animals which you may eat among all the animals that are on the earth. Among the animals, whatever divides the hoof, having cloven hooves, chewing the cud, that you may eat. Nevertheless, these you shall not eat among those that chew the cud, or those that have cloven hooves. The camel, because it chews the cud, but does not have cloven hooves, is unclean to you. The rock hyrax, because it chews the cud, but does not have cloven hooves, is unclean to you. The hare, because it chews the cud, but does not have cloven hooves, is unclean to you. And the swine, though it divides the hoof, having cloven hooves, yet does not chew the cud, is unclean to you. Their flesh you shall not eat, and their carcasses you shall not touch. They are unclean to you. These you may eat of all that are in the water. Whatever in the water has fins and scales, whether in the seas or in the rivers, that you may eat. But all in the seas or in the rivers that do not have fins and scales, all that move in the water or any living thing which is in the water, they are an abomination to you. They shall be an abomination to you. You shall not eat their flesh, but you shall regard their carcasses as an abomination. Whatever in the water does not have fins or scales, that shall be an abomination to you. And these you shall regard as an abomination among the birds. They shall not be eaten. They are an abomination. The eagle, the vulture, the buzzard, the kite, the falcon after its kind. Every raven after its kind. The ostrich, the short-eared owl. The seagull and the hawk after its kind, the little owl, the fisher owl, the screech owl, the white owl, the jackdaw, and the carrion vulture, the stork, the heron after its kind, the hoopoe, and the bat. All flying insects that creep on all fours shall be an abomination to you. Yet these you may eat of every flying insect that creeps on all fours, those who have jointed legs above their feet with which to leap on the earth. These you may eat, the locust after its kind, the destroying locust after its kind, the cricket after its kind, the grasshopper after its kind. But all other flying insects which have four feet shall be an abomination to you. By these you shall be unclean. Whomever whoever touches the carcass of any of them shall be unclean until evening. Whoever carries part of the carcass of any of them shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. The carcass of any animal which divides the foot, but is not cloven-hoofed, or does not chew the, the cud, is unclean to you. Everyone who touches it shall be unclean. And whatever goes on its paws among all kinds of animals that go on all fours, those are unclean to you. Whoever touches any such carcass shall be unclean until evening. Whoever carries any such carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. It is unclean to you. These also shall be unclean to you among the creeping things that creep on the earth, the mole, the mouse, and the large lizard after its kind, the gecko, the monitor lizard, the sand reptile, the sand lizard, the sand chameleon, sorry, and the chameleon. These are unclean to you among all that creep. Whoever touches them when they are dead shall be unclean until evening. Anything on which any of them falls when they are dead shall be unclean, whether it is any item of wood or clothing, or skin or sack, whatever item is in, it is in which any work is done, it must be put in water, it shall be unclean, until evening, and then it shall be clean. 
any earthen vessel into which any of them falls, you shall break, and whatever is in it shall be unclean in such a vessel. Any edible food upon which water falls becomes unclean, and any drink that may be drunk from it becomes unclean. And everything on which a part of any such carcass falls shall be unclean. Whether it is an oven or cooking stove, it shall be broken down, for they are unclean, and shall be unclean to you. Nevertheless, a spring or a cistern in which there is plenty of water shall be clean. But whatever touches any such carcass becomes unclean. And if a part of any such carcass falls on any planting seed which is to be sowed, it remains clean. But if water is put on a seed, and if a part of any such carcass falls on it, it becomes unclean to you. And if any animal which you may eat dies, he who touches its carcass shall be unclean until evening. He who eats of its carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. He also who carries its carcass shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. And every creeping thing that creeps on the earth shall be an abomination. It shall not be eaten. Whatever crawls on its belly, whatever goes on all fours, whatever has many feet among all creeping things that creep on the earth, these you shall not eat, for they are an abomination. You shall not make yourselves abominable with any creeping thing that creeps, nor shall you make yourselves unclean with them, lest you be defiled by them. For I am Yahweh your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourselves, and you shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourselves with any creeping thing that creeps on the earth. For I am Yahweh, who brings you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. This is the law of the animals and the birds, and every living creature that moves in the waters, and of every creature that creeps on the earth, to distinguish between the unclean and the clean, between the animal that may be eaten and the animal that may not be eaten. And this ends this reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. Well, I think we all know by now that COVID did not come from bats, but that does not mean that that does not take away from the uh, truth that it's probably not a great idea to eat bat soup. And yes, uh, there are diseases that can be carried in pork, and certainly diseases that are carried on birds of prey. But those who are looking for uh, a food health reason behind the laws that are given in this chapter uh, will will have a hard time explaining why a rabbit uh, is uh, worse to eat than a buffalo. That obviously is not the case. Uh, if the Lord uh, wanted to forbid his people bacon and shrimp uh, on health grounds uh, before Christ came, uh, then that makes nonsense of the gospel uh, in which the Lord would now not care about the health of his people anymore now that Christ has come. No, these are regulations that were meant to expire. They are instructions that led us uh, to Christ uh, and kept us uh, holding to God himself as the substance, uh, a substance which came to us, has come to us in the person and work of the Lord Jesus. And just as this is true of justification, which uh, Galatians three nineteen through 24 opens, so also it is true of consecration, living a life that is devoted to God and holy. 
And that is the point of all of these food laws he gives us. A summary statement in verse 44 and 45. Uh, we in our uh, silliness and stupidity of our flesh still will come up with all sorts of uh, of reasoning for the food laws and the cleanliness laws and uncleanness till evening and so forth and, uh, in this chapter. But he himself says, For I am Yahweh your God. Therefore, you shall consecrate yourselves, and you shall be holy, for I am holy, verse 44. And then verse 45, for I am Yahweh, who brings you up out of Egypt, out of the land of Egypt, to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. And the reasoning continues. Peter, for instance, by the Holy Spirit, quotes uh, this reasoning for commanding us uh, in the process and in the progress of sanctification. Uh, And so the Lord gave, just as he gave in the first uh, nine chapters of this book, uh, sacrifices, offerings, uh, by which men would be atoned for and draw near to God. And these were always a picture of Christ. Uh, It was always through Christ that they were atoned for and drew near to God. And yet until Christ himself came, uh, the Lord gave them, as it were, ceremonial pictures uh, by which to hope in Christ, lest their hearts and minds be too easily led away to trust in other things, like, especially as we refer to the Galatians passage, like their own works. Surely now that Christ has come, men ought not to trust in their own works. And yet men still do, and so we see the need and the grace of the Holy Spirit for them to make good use of the pictures that God sent before the Lord Jesus and the grace of the Holy Spirit for us to make right response to the substance who is the Lord Jesus and has come. So also, so also in the pursuit of holiness, we are still uh, tempted to uh, focus on performances instead of the heart. Uh, The Lord Jesus uh, actually used the food laws as an example of how men should always have known that holiness was of the heart. Uh, Didn't he tell them, don't you know that it's not what goes into the mouth that makes a man clean or unclean? Uh, Because what goes into the mouth goes into the stomach and then is eliminated. It's what comes out of the heart. Uh, And so the principle of clean and unclean, uh, was always designed to teach something about the heart. And so these are regulations to lead us to Christ, to teach us that holiness is a way of life, but that that holiness uh, is especially having to do with the heart. There were regulations that were meant to expire. (coughs) And so they were regulations that were meant to lead us to Christ. The urgency of being clean so that when we come to worship, we worship as those who are clean, that would not have been lost on Israel uh, in Leviticus 11. Because it comes in the wake of Leviticus 10 and Nadab and Abihu. At this point, any regulation that related to being rightly and appropriately before God when you gather to worship has had its importance dialed up to 11. Here, Uh, as they're hearing these laws, they certainly want to know exactly what they may eat 
exactly what they mustn't eat, exactly what they mayn't touch or have touched them, and what they have to do about it in order to be restored to a status of queen so that they may come before God and worship him appropriately. Now, what makes one unclean has changed. The, holiness, the unholiness, of course, always made them unclean. Uh, but the, these external food laws and cleanliness laws have been put away that we may focus especially primarily on the heart, uh, righteousness before God, uh, that uh, has been put away. But the urgency of always being prepared to gather to the Lord through Jesus Christ has not gone away. That's the urgency in 1 Corinthians 5 uh, for exercising church discipline for the purpose of each one's self-discipline. Not only that the church might be cleansed of the sin that it was being permissive of at the time, in 1 Corinthians 5, but also out of concern for the whole lump, out of concern for the rest of the members of the body, that none of the people who gathered on the Lord's Day by Lord's Day in Corinth uh, would do so uh, as those who have been uncaring about holiness, unthinking about God. Now, the Christian way of life is one in which we know that we are united to Christ, we know that we are indwelt by God the Spirit, and we know that the primary reason that God has given us this salvation is that he would be our God and we would be his people, that we would live in covenant with him, but especially that we would gather to him in worship at the right times, in the right actions, with the right heart. It's the same thing as here in Leviticus 11, that he delivered them up out of Egypt, that he would be their God and they would be his people, and they then needed to be holy because he was holy, especially because they were going to come near him. What Moses said from the Lord in chapter 10 and verse 3 is still governing the rest of the book of Leviticus. By those who draw near to me, says Yahweh, I must be regarded as holy. And now he tells us another part of what it means to regard him as holy. Not just that we don't bring any uncommanded thing. I think we're pretty straight with that now. Uh, as the incinerated bodies in the whole tunics of Nadab and Abihu can attest to, we want to, by those who draw near to God, he must be regarded as holy in not bringing any uncommanded thing, but also he must be regarded as holy by their own holiness. So here's another application of the holiness of God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. And so we have a positional holiness in Jesus. If you trust in Jesus, if you belong to him, you are declared holy. You are given a new nature that belongs to the next world that is from the Lord Jesus, that is by his spirit. And so you have a natural holiness that belongs to your new nature. It's not natural to your old nature, and you still have lots of remaining flesh, so it doesn't feel very natural yet. But you do have a natural holiness that belongs uh, to your new nature. And you have been covenantally marked as holy, a member of his church that assembles for worship. But you still need that ongoing life of holiness and continual repentance and cleansing. 
and so um, the Lord gave them a whole life in which they were continually having to watch out what they ate, continually having to watch out what touched them or what they touched or what fell on or died in uh, anywhere that they might uh, they might sit or that they might prepare food. And if it's somewhere that you prepare food, uh, then there are all kinds of cleansing things that have to be done with each of those things, depending on what it is. It was really uh, quite consuming. The Lord would never let them forget that they belonged to him. They always had to be mindful of the difference that it made to belong to the Lord. And so not only are these regulations that were meant to expire, and regulations that point not to the regulation itself, but to Christ, who is the substance. There are regulations that demanded continual personal consecration to the Lord. Now, thankfully, we don't have to be um, so aware of all these things. And, you know, if you have a, you know, we're going to have all these regulations if you have a sore on your body or uh, if your body emits any. Uh, any sort of fluid at all. You know, if we had uh, discharges from our noses and uh, and chunks coming out of our lungs for a month. Uh, and there are all these things that they continually had to pay attention to. Now, those things don't make us ceremonially unclean anymore. But let me ask, now that Christ has come, does that mean that his people, God's people, are to be less mindful of the fact that they belong to the Lord? No. But Jesus now has come, and we know that our Savior is the Son of God. And we know that salvation comes through union with him, including not just our justification in the moment that we believe, but our sanctification, that we live a life that is a walking with and united to the Lord Jesus Christ, and that we have been indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And so, for instance, with the sin of fornication, one of the great things that the, or adultery, one of the great things that the Lord uh, tells us about it is that you must not pollute the Lord Jesus. That, that we have been made members of the Lord Jesus. Should we then uh, make a member of the Lord Jesus a member of a prostitute, says the Bible. And so everything that we do, we do as a member, as a body part of the Lord Jesus, for he has taken the church to be his bride, his bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And also we know the Holy Spirit. He is, he is not known now merely as that God or that aspect of God or that person of the Godhead who comes and helps. Uh, he acts upon us in power, but we know him as companion that he is called alongside us, the paraclete, who is with us the way Jesus was with his disciples. We know him as the one who comes and dwells in us, so that he has taken believers up as a temple. And so sin not only pollutes a member of Jesus' body, sin pollutes the house, the temple, of the Holy Spirit. And so, yes, we don't have to think so much about the ceremonial cleanliness of everything that we eat, or uh, the ceremonial per, uh, permissibility uh, of what we wear, constantly checking clothing labels to make sure that you know it's not two different kinds of fabric or uh, or whatever. 
Our lives are a lot less complicated in that way, but they are not to be less consecrated. We've been released with, by, from those things because Christians live with a conscientious awareness of union with Christ and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so we are to be just as continually mindful of being devoted to the Lord and belonging to him, particularly as it touches morality, the laws of God, as applications of the implications of who God is. Remember, the second table is an application, really, of true knowledge of what is in the first table uh, of the law, and particularly uh, as touches uh, continual service of devotion to God and continual in our work and continual readiness then, having worked that way, having lived that way, to come to God clean, with clean consciences, cleansed in Christ, um, devoted to God in Jesus in not just our work then, but especially in our worship. So there's a way of life being taught here in Leviticus 11 that continues it just doesn't continue with respect to uh, diet and uh, touching or not and recovering from touching uh, animal carcasses. It continues in a constant consecration, devotion to the Lord. It teaches us, it shakes us out of this idea that we can just kind of live on autopilot and not be intentionally aware uh, that we belong to him and giving ourselves to him. So let's pray and ask that his Holy Spirit would help us to maintain uh, consecration, that we would be holy as the God who has saved us to be ours is holy. Our Father, we thank you that the purpose of your saving us is the same as the purpose for which you uh, delivered the people out of the land of Egypt, that you would be our God. And we pray, O oh Lord, for the help of your Spirit, that we would uh, rightly value this great gift that you have made yourself ours. And we pray that you would make us holy, uh, even as you are holy. Help us, O oh Lord, to devote ourselves moment by moment, hour by hour. Thank you for taking us to be yours. Produce in us, we ask that holiness that is necessary in order to draw near to you in the ultimate and final sense, that holiness that is necessary to see the Lord. Make us to purify ourselves as you are pure from the hope that when we see you, we will be like you, because we'll see you as you are. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.